Breaking down the biggest stories. One more time for the slower elected officials. When you represent a district, your function is to represent all the people in your district, not only the people that agree with you. Talking about what really matters. If you're one of those people, if you don't like pizza, first thing, why? what's wrong with you? Two, why is that? How can that be a thing that you don't like pizza? Too messy? And don't tell me you eat pizza with a fork, please. And bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Hello, political poll. I never have before, but go ahead, shoot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Now, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Okay. All right. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Here's Steve Scafidi. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Friday edition, of course, that means my two favorite gentlemen in Wisconsin. I'm just throwing out the compliments. I was doing it off the air. I'm doing it on the air now. Joe Zapecki in studio. How you doing? I am wonderful on this Friday. This week went fast. Yes, it did. And, of course, on our phone lines, I, I'm going to punch him in. Bill McCaution, are you there? I am here. How are you? <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I want to. Does, does Becky have his hat on backwards today? And, uh, he doesn't. Hoodie? No, I listened last week, and uh, I just wanted to prove that uh, <laughs> sometimes I wear the ball cap forwards. Special hat today. One month from today, home opener. Brewers baseball is just about back, baby. On WTMJ. There you go. Yeah, you know, you know, Joe is somebody. He's layered. So he he put some thoughts. So he heard through the grapevine that Sarah, you know, lit him up a little bit, a little on, bit. on the, you know, because really, I mean, how, you're an older guy. After about older than what? After well, <laughs> older than a, older than a teenager who, who should have their hats on backwards. You're almost out of the hat on backwards phase of your life. Oh, was I supposed to stop that when I turned forty? <laughs> yes. Ooh. Are you forty? I missed that memo. Oh, you're older than I thought you were. All right. That's... He is a football coach at Whitnall. Yeah. And, and we found out that Whitnall is a basketball school. You're ranked like number four or five in the state in basketball. Yeah. They, they got a good good group this year. Maybe that football team needs a new coach. <laughs> uh, no. I, we, we, we'll just say this. There's been a Tyler Hero effect. Everybody wants to be a basketball player. Yeah, no question. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, I had a very busy Wednesday this week. We have, did our WTMJ conversations. Had a chance to talk to the governor of the state of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, the Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, both Supreme Court candidates. So uh, there's a lot of stuff I want to unpack with you guys. Um, I'll just give you my quick takeaway on the conversation with the governor and the speaker. Um, I, I asked the governor, you know, about the, the cordiality and the civility and all that stuff, and he, he gave a pretty safe answer. He goes, we are meeting more often, and I think for those of us who kind of talk about politics, that's a good thing in a divided government state. But then I had, do we have this audio? <laughs> Play this little little snippet of of when he's talking about the. Uh, well, we got to play. This it. is Speaker Voss. Yeah, Speaker Voss. Are you looking for the, re- the tolls? Rea- the reality, not the tolls. Reality. I got you. All right, hold on. Yeah, that's producer Brandon, by the way, for everybody. I thought he was your favorite, one of your favorite gentlemen, but apparently it's Bill and I. No, well, he's been arguing a lot with me well, recently. Brandon's one of our favorites for sure. Yeah. All right, what do you guys? No, we're, never we're mind. Big fa- we're big fans. <laughs> okay, not a big fan we're of mine. Fans. All right, do we have we're that big audio? Fans of yours too. All right. 
We got well, the start by saying, um, I think the governor and I live on different planets because the budget that he crafted is literally devoid of reality. It has massive tax increases, a 25% increase in spending, um, you know, does all kinds of crazy things. It, it's dead on arrival. Now, are there some good ideas inside the budget that we'll take a look at? Yeah, there's always good ideas in everybody's concepts. But uh, let's just start with a few basic assumptions that your listeners need to know. We have a record one-time surplus. So think about it this way. We have about $7 billion in our savings account, and in our checking account, we have $1.2 billion going forward. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to give a raise to an employee, you want to do it out of your checking account so you can keep paying for it every single year. You don't use one-time money to do that. Financial planner Robin Voss, everybody. All right, I'm going to start with you, Bill. What do you think? Well, I think he's right about that. I, the budget will look dramatically different by the time it's done. But uh, let, let's start from the top. I think it's good that the legislative leaders and the governor are meeting more frequently. Uh, it's important for the governor to stay engaged in the process. And we've talked about this on the show a little bit. Uh, the governor set some guardrails. Give you an example. Taxes. He said he would not support. In fact, he would veto a flat tax. And and this week, speak, uh, Majority Leader Lemahieu moved off that, or the speaker did, and said, not likely that that's going to happen. Actually, I think it might have been Senator Howard Markline. So I think it's good for the governor to sort of set his lines in the sand. Republican majorities are going to do the same thing. I think at the end of the day, where Voss is 100 percent right, is the budget that they, the Republican majority send to the governor will have lower taxes, it'll have lower spending, and it'll have lower uh, amount on the credit card. And, and that's a certainty. Now, can they find agreement? Yeah, I still think they can on taxes, education, local government, transportation, and some significant areas of the capital budget, which we'll get to. But I'll give Joe a chance to respond. Everybody's playing their part. I, I, I'm i sorry. At this point, if Tony Evers said, guys, we got to tighten our belts, the biennial budget for the next two years is $3 American, <laughs> Robin Voss and Republicans would come out and go, what planet is this guy living on? We can't afford that. Not a penny more than two dollars. I I just I, like I understand that these are the roles that people have to play, but among the things that this governor, who Robin Voss is saying is from outer space, is proposing to do with the one-time money, buy buy back debt, save taxpayers money with this infusion of cash, address some things like a five billion dollar deferred maintenance backlog at UW systems because, oh, by the way, in the last 13 years, Republicans have controlled the legislature. They're deciding not to pay for this stuff. If you want to think about it like a home checking account and a savings account, okay, there are things you have to do to live in a home. Once in a while, you got to redo the roof. Once in a while, you got to replace the water heater. We've got the cash. Let's do some of these one-time investments that have been put off for years. And for Speaker Voss to, to, you know, Probably not call him, for, you know, an alien from outer space in a face-to-face meeting, but come on the radio and do it. I just don't know what's constructive about that. And I thought that was the new mo: was let's be more constructive, let's figure this stuff out together. They are talking, and there's some people that are actually making some inroads. And I had uh, Mayor Johnson on from Milwaukee, Kevlar Johnson, and he has have a, had having frequent conversations. So there's some good news on that front. Uh, Bill, on the surplus thing, as Joe just said, is that the way we should spend the surplus? Smart of him to the he introduced a capital budget this week that has three point eight or three point nine billion dollars 
uh, 1.9 billion of those projects are funded with the one-time money. And you remember, Steve, I said this with Sarah last week. I, I thought that was a realistic possibility uh, that Republicans would consider that because I've heard it in my meetings in the Capitol that uh, they're looking at ways to spend that one-time money for one-time uh, items like uh, a new building or maintenance or, or whatever it may be. So I think the governor gets some credit for that. He said this week that the $1.9 billion in one-time monies for the capital budget would save taxpayers a billion dollars over the course uh, of time. So that's a good thing. Here's what we know about the facts on the surplus, though. There's $7.6 billion, $4.9 billion of that is one-time money, meaning it won't recur. The rest, around $2 billion, is recurring, so you could do tax cuts, spending on education, things like that with the recurring money. So I think Voss, who's a very successful businessman, too, uh, not just Speaker of the Assembly, understands this, that you can't – you're building a structural deficit if you're buying long-term things with one-time money. Do we think that we are we will have the same essentially the same process play out last time? Republican budget governor takes out what he doesn't like and signs it. Yes, yeah, yes. Anything significantly different than last time, other than the fact that we're in a much better budget position? I, I think both sides will. I, again, I st- I want to be optimistic. I still think they they cut some deals, do things like you know one that has occurred to me is more money for K twelve public schools maybe increase the reimbursement rate for the voucher program. Um, you know, that that's a deal that this amount of flexibility should should allow for. Governor will sign off on vouchers. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Not not on exp- not I mean, on can, an expansion. Right, you can't but on uh, higher reimbursement. I right. agree with Joe on that and I think literacy is another one where they could easily find common ground. So the the claims that the governor wants to get rid of it that we shouldn't put any stock in those. The voucher program? He didn't put that in the budget this time, right? Yeah. He did last time, and he eliminated the Office of uh, Educational Opportunities at UW System in the last budget, and he did not this time. So, um, you know, hope springs eternal, but I think Joe's right that those are two areas where there could definitely be agreement. He is Bill McCutcheon. Joe Zapecki joining me in studio. They'll both be here next Friday. We're just getting warmed up after the break. The Supreme Court candidates were in studio this week. Woo! Radically different ideas about the about justice in Wisconsin. We'll get to that after this on WTMJ. Hey, all of you radio listeners. You know the drill. This is Max, and we're back with another joke of the week. What time do ducks wake up? At the quack of dawn. Back to the Steve's Caffiti Show. Oh, that kid is coached up. Oh, it's fantastic. Isn't he good? He never misses. I love that. Yeah, and he makes these things. Now he's making up his own jokes, so maybe he's going to be a stand-up comic. Who knows? He could do anything. He could be president someday. <laughs> Young Max, on his way at the moment to a, a nice break for a... I don't know what the break would be, it's but he's too going, early for spring. He's going break, to Arizona. Wow, what, it is. Wow, so, lucky, lucky him. Safe travels, young Max. All right, uh, Bill and Joe. I had both Supreme Court candidates in the, the studios this week. and um, What were the headlines from those? Um, I, I didn't get a lot of headlines except for one. Um, Justice Kelly, we asked him about Brian, Brian Hagedorn, the justice, who uh, sometimes, yeah. well, I think we have a little taste of that. Let's, let's listen. But what I've heard is uh, Mr. Kelly say he has to. Uh, he's sick of apologizing for endorsing Brian Hagedorn. Yeah, I mean that that whole thing is is nuts. All right, we got. It. You're not running against Justice Hagedorn, but you have made statements about him and mm-hmm. used the term that he is quote. I think you said extremely unreliable. Mm-hmm. 
Um, unreliable to who? The Constitution. How? See, here's the thing. So when we talk about uh, when we talk about this kind of thing in the courts, we're not talking about uh, adherence to a political ideology. By the way, it was supremely unreliable. So, and indeed, it was, uh, and that's the key, because in the Supreme Court, we don't do politics; we do the law. You think he's playing politics? Um, I think he had an insufficiently um, complete understanding of how the Constitution works. And this is specifically in relation to the um, uh, the Palm case, uh, the Safer at Home order, and uh, where, the, um, where an administrative agency uh, employee reached over and grabbed the legislature's authority and wrote the laws for the state of Wisconsin all by herself. And that's not what our Constitution allows. Brian looked at that and said, that's just fine. I, I don't understand how you can come to that conclusion with our separation of powers the way that's described in articles four five and seven of the wisconsin constitution so that's a little bit of the justice and that was obviously the voice of charles benson from tmj4 who sat in with our interviews um i don't know if it's a great idea to attack a justice that you might be serving with i mean if you think you're going to win the race you're going to be up there with him at some point that that was one thing but as far as the substance joe you, what did you think i i just think it's ridiculous I, I mean, like, Brian Hagedorn went to Northwestern Law School. You're going to sit there and say this guy doesn't understand the Constitution? I, it's just like, I guess the the part, there is so much wrong with how we do this. And as I was thinking about it, if you, if you kind of rewind five years, of course this is where we are, where candidates are now aligned with the various, the respective, you know, political parties. None of this should be a surprise to us, but it like, but somehow Mr. Kelly has found a way for me to go like, really? That that's what you're going to do? Because if he gets on the court, he's going to need Hagedorn, or they're going to be right back to where they are, which is they don't feel like they have a sustainable majority because Hagedorn sometimes will actually follow the law instead of playing politics. I, I just don't get it. I know Bill wants to jump in, but let me just say this: the one thing I respect about Justice Hagedorn, I know I know a lot of conservatives disagree with me, is that on some occasion. He takes himself outside of what's expected exactly. as a conservative exactly. justice. That shows me that he's using we should applaud that. That's what I say. Bill, what do you think? I, I would say uh, this is an unforced error by Justice Kelly. You, it, politics is all about addition. This is subtraction. It, I can see maybe why he would have done this in the primary, although I didn't like it then and said it on this show. Uh, but there's no point in doing this in the general election. There is no scenario for a conservative voter under which Janet Protasiewicz would be better than Brian Hagedorn. None whatsoever. He tried to do the same thing uh, comparing uh, Hagedorn to Doro, and I, I thought it was a mistake then. I think it's an even bigger mistake in the general election, and, and he should not do that. I mean, this is he's got to play addition here, and he's he's – way behind as it relates to fundraising. And that's what this race is all about in the final four and a half weeks. Uh, so there's no upside to him saying this. Being the most constitutional uh, isn't going to get him a majority of the votes. I mean, I argued with him uh, on the Wednesday after the primary vote about, on the argue is a strong word, I, we disagreed on, on his interpretation of what justices do. And I talked to two attorneys who argue cases in front of the Wisconsin Supreme Court Two radically different attorneys, and they both said, yes, some justices interpret the law because it's always not that clear to them what and, the law says. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Mr. Kelly would tell you he is an originalist, right? He, Pretty Bill, much, yeah. Bill, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. And, it's, and that's fine. There are originalists out there, 
But one of the problems there is when you're that rigid is when constitutions, the United States one or the state constitution were written, things like cell phones didn't exist, right? The automobile wasn't in operation. And so trying to say we're only going to live within the words that were written at the time of the document, like, again, that's fine, but it's tough. And so the the sort of holier-than-thou type of approach that or like tone that he has there when he's talking about Hagedorn, I, I don't know. I, that doesn't sound like good politics to me. All right, uh, Bill mentioned money in the race. I want to take a break. We'll talk about the money in the race because it is a substantial difference between the two candidates. Is that the difference maker? We'll discuss after this on WTMJ. As we are on Friday, is Joseph Pecky joining us, Bill McCoshin, left and right, Democrat and Republican. Bill, quickly, the money in this race is a problem for Justice Daniel Kelly. How does he fix that, or can he fix that? I think yesterday uh, it was printed that uh, uh, 39 to 1 advantage that uh, Janet Protasiewicz has over Kelly on fundraising so far. I mean, the problem here is is money. I mean, for the Republican Party, the only thing they should be focusing on for the next four and a half weeks is raising funds and, and then transferring those to uh, Justice or uh, Kelly, much like Ben Wickler has done that for Janet Protasiewicz to the point where ju- – Judge Protasiewicz this week at the Wisconsin Counties Association had to say that she would, in fact, recuse herself for any cases that come before her related to the Democratic Party of Wisconsin because they've already pumped two and a half million dollars into her campaign. And frankly, I think that's just the opening ante. I think there's more coming. You say had to like it's a bad thing, Bill. Like that's that's a reasonable decision by someone who may be conflicted out. And frankly, it's refreshing especially compared to Justice Kelly, who, despite the fact that he's made you know hundreds of thousands of dollars working for the Republican Party of Wisconsin, won't make the same pledge. So good for Judge Janet. I actually, well, I actually think it creates an opening for the Kelly campaign if if they want to use it. And that can be, I mean, Planned Parenthood has given her a million dollars. So what's the cut line on recusal? Is it two million? Is it two and a half? I mean, where, where, do, where does where does the cut line begin, Joe? That's that's the part where I think she opened herself up. Uh, to criticism, but you got to have money to criticize her, and so far the money's been slow to come. All right, so it's not just me saying this. This is a national race. A lot of folks looking. That's why we, we see that money thing. Why can't, and I, I think I kind of know the answer, but I want to hear quickly, Bill, what you say. Why can't the Republicans get that big money for this race? Well, I think it's out there. Uh, you know, the Federalist Society was supposed to play. I expect WMC to be involved in this. Uh, you know, the two uh, billionaire mega donors in Wisconsin, I expect to be involved in this. But it, it sort of depends on where they park their money. If their money goes into a third party effort, then Kelly has no control over that. If it goes to the Republican Party and it gets transferred to Kelly's campaign, then he can control his own message. So he frankly needs both. If he has to rely exclusively on third-party advertising, it's going to be tough. Although those third parties can be much harder on Janet, they can define her over the next four and a half weeks to tighten this thing up. And there is no polling that I'm aware of. Maybe Joe is. Uh, but I suspect that she's in the in the lead at this point in time because she's she's been on the air. I was just going to ask you guys, I only have like 30 seconds. If you were to pick a number right now, where is Janet at? Where is Dan at? I obviously justice. Oh, in terms of polling? Yeah, just I, pick a number. I, where do you think they're at? I, I can't do it. I really because it's probably like Janet fifty, Kelly twenty, and thirty. Right? Because you think there's thirty percent that don't know yes, what they're going to do yet. It, that's the nature of these spring races. We don't have time to get into all of it. She's in the poll position, 
and billionaires yeah. and big businesses don't throw good money after bad. We've heard conservatives say for months, including maybe my friend Bill McCoshin, that Doro was the more electable, better general election candidate. I, I'm, not, sh- I'm not sure that the millions are going to be there for Mr. Kelly. Interesting. Bill, real quick, you think they're gonna, they're, you think the money's coming? If it doesn't, he's going to lose worse than he did two years ago. All right, we'll end I mean, it that's there. The that's, of it. that's the same thing I think. All right, that was Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky just getting started on this Friday, 9 o'clock hour, talking about states and national politics. Happy Friday, everybody. Having some fun with Bill McCosh and Republican strategist Joseph Pecky on the other side. Uh, gentlemen, I, did, I didn't give you a heads up on this one, but I saw this story yesterday. The... Um, Appointments, or I should say reappointed, uh, State Judicial Advisory Panel, Jim Troopas. Now, a lot of people know him as the guy who was involved with Donald Trump. Fake electors. Fake electors. Bill, walk me through the logic of this one, because I, I just don't get it. I'm not all the way through the story, but I would say this about Jim. I know him fairly well. He's a uh, widely uh, respected attorney in the state of Wisconsin, on the Republican side for sure. Been involved with redistricting cases for the past 30 years. Been involved in election-related cases uh, at least for the last 20 years. And, and so if you're looking for an expert in this area, that, that would be Jim Troopas. Less well-respected than he used to be. I, I just Is that true, Bill? I mean, less respected than he used to be? I think so. Well, I think Dem- Democrats certainly know who he is now, right? I mean, Republicans have, uh, at least inside Republicans, have known who Jim was for a long time. But uh, I think now more Democrats know who he is and certainly are trying to highlight some of the things that they, they disagree with that he's been involved in. I, I think this might be jumping the gun a little bit. But I, last night I finally got around to listening to former Speaker Paul Ryan's interview conversation at UW last week yeah. with, uh, Charlie, with Charlie Sykes. And uh, listen, Speaker Ryan said it. Move on from Trump. Troopas has the taint of Trump, an association with the the shenanigans after the 2020 election. Bill, some free advice for your party. You guys got to move on. Uh, J- Jim may have been a great guy oh, for 20 or 30 years. That for weeks. Right? So, like, maybe so, longer. So, why? Like, there's got to be another lawyer who you can appoint to this stuff I, instead of giving my side an opportunity to continue to say, like, look, they can't quit Trump. They can't quit Trump's acolytes who were willing to overturn a free, fair, safe, and secure election. It, I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't get the pick. And, and again, I, I, I don't understand the logic of it. And, and, and some of it seems confrontational to me just to, to do it because you could do it, you know, because you have the majority right now. Anyway, I, that's what's just something that stuck out in my mind. Oh, uh, you mentioned Paul Ryan. He's been very vocal over the last decade and a half about reforming Social Security, some of our big programs in this country. Beyond the politics of that, because there's so much noise and nonsense associated with the conversation, I think most reasonable, rational adults, at least that I talk to, think we have to do something Mm -hmm. to figure things out. Other than Paul Ryan saying it, who else is advocating for fixing the system that actually is interested, not as a political talking point, yay or nay, but is actually interested in doing the work to fix it? I'm not seeing a lot of that. Well, what I would say is that Democrats who are out there pushing for comprehensive immigration reform, that is one of the ways that we address Social Security and Medicare. We are at one of our lowest points in American history when it comes to new immigrants to this country. That means there are fewer workers. There are fewer people paying in at a time when the baby boomers are retiring, 
we're going to get a little bit of a break when Gen X is of that retirement age. The next big generation equivalent to the boomers is, uh, of course, the millennials. So we've got some time to get this right. One of the things we can do is address immigration. Um, so there's an idea. We've talked about lifting the cap on taxable wages. I think if you do some of those things, a lot of that math gets a lot better. Is there, uh, Bills, are real movements among Republicans and conservatives to actually do these things other than just yelling about them all the time? You know, Rick Scott's talked about uh, entitlement reform, and there may be a primary against him in two years as a result of that. And anyone who uh, breathes anything about entitlement reform, and remember, what Paul Ryan is talking about is, has nothing to do with people who have already retired mm-hmm. or are near retirement. Nobody he, hears that he's part, talking about. <laughs> nobody hears that part. Nobody, And they think it's going to impact them, and they're already on a fixed income. That The reality is that'll never happen. Those that 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 kind of change will will never happen. Republicans or Democrats won't let that happen. So, you know, every time someone on the Republican side says maybe we ought to be a little forward thinking and try and make sure that these programs are here for our kids and our grandkids, you know, today in today's world, Trump is attacking them. Well, I, the, the only other thing I'll add into this conversation is I think this is one of the costs when politicians do things like break term limit pledges. Stay with me here for one second. It, it's Bill, you and I know and we know that, yes, when Paul Ryan talks about Social Security reform, he's talking about the future generations that haven't retired yet. But if you're, you know, Joe Sixpack out there, why would you believe the politicians who are saying that? Because you can't believe them when they say, I'm only going to run for two terms or I'm only going to run for five terms. Or they say, uh, you know, like that, that's the problem with the degradation of trust in Breaking the system. Breaking news, politicians lie all the time. Right. And so I, I guess maybe shame on us for being like surprised that that people don't take that into account. But I think that's one of the problems with the erosion of norms, civility, adherence to the truth, etc. Last words. Yeah, we're in a bad, we're <laughs> in a bad way. And we've got to find leaders that are willing to help get us out of this. And I, I, I want a new generation of leaders on our side of the table that are forward-looking, that want to solve problems, and I, I think a majority of our party want that, too. And to Joe's point, one of the way we get that, one of the ways we get that new generation is by honoring the people who say they're not going to run after their second term or their fifth term. And, and that's the, and like, we're talking about this because Glenn Grothman, Congressman yeah. Glenn, Glenn Grothman well, I actually from like, Wisconsin. I like Glenn. Republican district. And like, here's the thing. There's no cost to the fact that he just announced he would break his five-term pledge the only people who can make politicians stop doing this are Republican voters in the 6th Congressional District who decide, who understand Democrats are not our enemy. They're our political opponent. And you know what? The, the principle of term limits and, and politicians' word being their bond is more important than political party. So in the next election, saying, I'm not going to vote for Glenn, I'm going to vote for the Democrat. And they hear, won't do it. I hear what you're saying, but that's not going to happen. I, and it's not going to happen. Then it's on the voters. And it's on the leading people. Hey, voter responsibility. All right, gentlemen, as much as I do not look forward to talking about this topic, it, it's it's worth talking about. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the, uh, I call her Madge. Who gets the kids? <laughs> <laughs> this red state blue thing, a new new poll suggests 34% of Americans say, you know, that's not a bad idea, Madge. Let's seriously discuss this. <laughs> I want to get your serious thoughts on this proposal and why in, my mom's going to be mad at me, why in the hell do 34% of Americans think this is a great idea? Did you see what happened during the Civil War? A lot of people died. Let's not revisit that. Joe, Bill, Steve, after this. Fridays with Bill and Joe. Just call it that, right? 
Bill McCosh, Republican strategist, Joseph Heck, and the Democratic side. Gentlemen, Madge Green, or formerly known as Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Green. Margie? Why, how did we get to Madge? I just made it up. Okay. Yeah. I like the name Madge. I don't know. That's an Oak Creek thing. Yes, exactly, Bill. You <laughs> nailed it 100%. So a new poll that I just saw just came out. 34% of Americans favor the idea of uh, a national divorce between red and blue states. And uh, I just threw up on my show poll, so I gave a, a few choices. She's cuckoo, no way, 80%. So faith has been restored, at least from my loyal listeners, fans of the show, with, with almost 250 votes already. We just started. All right, gentlemen, Madge Green, we'll start with Joe. What, what is she saying? Yes, she's cuckoo. <laughs> yes, she is. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But she also is an elected representative from the state of Georgia. Yeah, I, I really think we probably give too much time and attention to this stuff. Oh, is that a but, chastising of, of no, the host? I, I mean, I, like, it, it's funny to make fun of. It's ridiculous. It's right. Like, and, and also it's a little sad. Right, like it's a little sad when you encounter someone who is going through someone on a park bench and like yelling at the clouds. There, I would agree with all that, but when I see thirty four percent, it makes my hair stand up, and I don't. I'm have less and less hair every day. Yeah, well, I remembered what my grab bag was. I won't give it away. Uh, right. But listen, we live we live in an era of disinformation, misinformation, and people believing that they have to be right, they have to go with their team. And, and it, that's just not how this has ever worked, folks. Bill, I would agree with Joe, but she has the ear of the Speaker of the House. They're pals. Well, that's your party's problem. Yeah. We Bill? are not the red states of America or the blue states of America. We are the United States of America. Put Bill McCosh in just, just quoted Barack Obama. Yeah, Stop so put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> I did. And I would tell you what, I, I think both sides should dial it down. And and focus on issues that make America's Americans' lives better. I, I you know stuff like this. I think we get I, I, Joe's right. We get too wound up on this. People say, well, how how does she get elected? Well, the reality is the people of Georgia in that particular district elected her. People on my side say, well, how did AOC get elected? The people of New York in that particular district elected her. And who are any of us to say you know question their judgment? But. Uh, the reality is ideas like this are not furthering the public discussion. That's for sure. I feel chastised. But <laughs> I, I, I'll let that go. I mean, as, as far as the – I don't want to – I'm just kidding. We, I, lo- we love you, Steve. I know you do. As we far – let's just – a little s- smidge of talking about – I'm in love with the DGE words. Madge. Yeah. All Madge, right, smidge. smidge budge. Um, let's just talk briefly about Joe Biden and where he's at. It sounds like he's all in. To run, that's going to happen, right? Hey, when, when Doctor Biden says he's in, he's in. Yeah, and Jill, you know, and a lot of people think she calls the shot. So we'll find out. Joe Biden, what's he working on right now? If if you were you're the Democrat, what's Joe Biden focused on right now? Putting the team together, putting the money together. He knows he's got to wait until after March 31st, which is the FEC reporting deadline, because what you, he wants to do with the first reporting period is raised so much money that nobody thinks about challenging him from a primary standpoint and they are ready for all comers they've got the infrastructure to expand the map and you know so this is not surprising to me at all that we don't have an official go sign yet it's coming it'll be here before you know it all right bill tell me quickly that we're not going to have a replay of 2020 well i think it appears there's a gentleman's agreement behind the scenes for folks other than Trump and DeSantis, that if they don't catch fire, they will drop out earlier. And Chris Sununu, governor of New Hampshire, essentially said that on one of the Sunday programs last week. And 
I hope that's the case. You know, I, I wish them all well. I think the uh, debate is good. Uh, I think ideas and sharing ideas and battling for ideas is, is a good thing to do. But, you know, we can't have on our side five or six people stay in until the Wisconsin primary next April. Uh, or the reality is Donald Trump probably is the nominee. So just real quick before the break. So if it is Biden and then somebody else, I mean, it could be a pretty boring primary season, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not as exciting as last I mean, night. listen, I think Americans would be okay with a little less politics. I think it might be good for our soul. And maybe that's what Joe Biden is up to. After all, he said he wanted to restore the soul of this nation. Maybe less politics is the way to do that. Sounds less like, is more. I agree with that. People sounds like Joe's making a speech. I, listen, I think we should have, like, si- I think we, I kind of love how the, the Brits do it in terms of not like the, you don't know when the election is, but you only campaign for like 60 days. Yeah, sure. I, I, I do like that, that would part be, of it. That, cause that's part of why we're in the mess we're in is it's just all politics all the time, all campaigning. That part's good. The rest of it much. is absolutely crazy. Bananas. <laughs> you got people serving for what, two months? Well, they've had know. a little turmoil at uh, 10 Downing Street, <laughs> I think is the way to that's say it. That's my birth country, so I pay attention. That's right. He is Joseph Pecky, Bill McCaution. After the break, the all important grab bag where they tell me what they want to talk about. Let's listen to that after this. Wrapping up our hour with Joseph Pecky, Democratic strategist Bill McCaution on the Republican side of the aisle. Gentlemen, this is often one of the most, somebody's beef, and one of the most interesting pieces of the hour, and that is the grab bag. We'll start with you, Joe. Uh, Fox is in trouble. And I, I know you've talked about this. I haven't had an opportunity to, uh, in the wake of the 2020 election, Fox was lying to its audience, booking guests who they knew did not have a leg to stand on when it came to the big lie in the 2020 election, uh, in the discovery process of an ongoing lawsuit, what is now coming out from Rupert Murdoch on down to Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Maria Bartiromo, all of your favorites from Fox and all of their friends. Um, this is bad. They are in legal trouble. They are in public relations trouble. They ought to be in viewership trouble. That's probably it, not going to happen. Uh, well, but here's what I would say. I, we've, we've all got the, the crazy uncle or aunt who the tractor beam sucks them in. And I think those of us who have been worried about Fox's influence for a while have in the past tried to say, like, no, really, like you, you got to turn it off or you at least got to watch some of a different channel to balance it out. It's time to have that conversation again. Because when Tucker Carlson is sending text messages to one effect and then turning around on his show to another effect, that can't be trusted. You got to get aunts and uncles and and spouses stop watching that stuff. That is not a news gathering organization anymore. They're in a world of trouble. All right, Bill McCashin. Of the hockey world, I am going to give a shout out to Dousman, Wisconsin's own Brianna Decker. Brianna Decker announced her retirement today. She won a national championship with Mark Johnson's Wisconsin Badgers in 2011. She won the Patty Katzmeyer Award in 2012 as the top female NCAA hockey player. She's a gold medal winner, a two-time silver medal winner, a six-time world champion. She is the J.J. uh, 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 Who's the football player? I'm blanking on J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt of female hockey. I mean, she has been an unbelievable ambassador for the Wisconsin Amateur Hockey Association for the state of Wisconsin and for USA Hockey. She's 31 years old. She announced her retirement. I want to let her know I got a 31-year-old single son. You know, she's ever interested. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow, Bill, working the angles today. How about that? Hockey, dating. An amazing career. Yeah, was it Brianna Decker? Brianna Decker. All right, I'm going to ask you guys a question. I just want a yes or no answer. We're going to talk about it on next Friday's show. In the next two years, will the individuals who signed on as fake electors in the state of Wisconsin face criminal charges? Joe, yes or no? Yes. Bill? No. All right, we're going to talk about that next Friday. Think about that one. Joseph Pecky, Bill McCaution, always a great conversation. We do every Friday, 9 o'clock hour, right here on WTMJ. Breaking down the biggest stories. One more time for the slower elected officials. When you represent a district, your function is to represent all the people in your district, not only the people that agree with you. Talking about what really matters. If you're one of those people, if you don't like pizza, first thing, why? what's wrong with you? Two, why is that? How can that be a thing that you don't like pizza? Too messy? And don't tell me you eat pizza with a fork, please. And bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Hello, political poll. I never have before, but go ahead, shoot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Now, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Okay. All right. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. Showtime. Here's Steve Scafidi. Good morning. Welcome to the 10 o'clock hour. That was a great 9 o'clock hour. Lots of great feedback on the old National Bank talking text line. That could be you. Phone or text. I encourage audience participation. I welcome it. And the great thing is, I may argue a little bit, but I'm willing to listen to the other side, whatever that is. Now, the funny thing about doing talk radio is some people say, oh, my God, you're so liberal. Oh, my God, you're so conservative. Sweet spots. That's the best. The idea, and, you know, full disclosure, I vote Republican most every time, with some few exceptions in my life. So just so you know where I'm coming from. But I also pump the brakes on nonsense and people who waste our time and money. So that's why, unlike a lot of other people, I will challenge my Republican friends and Democrats to do the right thing. I, I was cheering loudly when I saw the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, get defeated in the primary. Don't let the door hit you, I said yesterday. It's a good thing for Chicago. you got big issues there. Fix them. I worked in Chicago for about three or four years. Fix them. Because what happens there impacts what happens here just, what, 80 miles away, 75 miles away, here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin's largest city. Which brings me to my topic number one of the 10 o'clock hour. Here's the headline. I didn't get a chance to talk to this, talk about this. I know Jeff talked about it briefly last week. Governor Tony Evers, who was on my show Wednesday, always enjoy the conversation. Thanks to the governor and his staff for making that happen. As well as the, the, uh, the folks working with uh, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss. So I saw this headline, Evers wants extended bar hours for Republican National Convention. All right, so just a little bit about me. I, I do drink. I'm not, uh, I don't abstain from alcohol. I enjoy a good beer on occasion, a good Tito's and tonic on occasion. Manhattan, certainly. So I'm not a teetotaler. But I enjoy that environment. I was a bartender for many years when I was in uh, just out of high school and college. And even as a young adult, I spent a lot of time in bars on Water Streets and the south side of Milwaukee. So know the environment very well. Probably shortened my life with all the cigarette smoke I consumed, but a story for another day. 
Can I just say that I'm not a fan of this idea, extending the bar hours in Milwaukee and 14 other counties surrounding Milwaukee to 4 a.m.? I understand that the folks that attend the convention want to have a grand experience. I understand it's part of the list of things that they demand when they come to town. But I also know I live in a state that has a real problem with alcohol. We don't seem to have figured things out. Drunkest counties, drunkest universities, drunkest states, drunk driving. And I understand this is not a popular topic sometimes because it it requires self-improvement, looking internally versus externally. I get that. But this idea that we were going to allow during the convention 14 counties surrounding Milwaukee to extend their drinking hours, which are currently 2 a.m., I think most people know that, 2.30 on the weekends, which I'll get to that point in a second. I just think it's too much. It's not necessary. And as much as I want bars and restaurants to flourish during the convention or any event that we hold on a national level, I don't think that's the way to do it in a state like Wisconsin that has serious issues with alcohol. Now, they had a similar proposal in 2020 when the Democrats were supposed to host the Democratic National Convention. We know that it was delayed, then ultimately became like a virtual thing and ended up with being two security guards with a cooler sitting outside the uh, Pfizer Forum. Now, the Wisconsin Tavern League, Tavern League of Wisconsin, more accurately, they're working on their own proposal to benefit their bars and members during the convention. Uh, their uh, uh, government affairs officer, Scott Stenger, said this. The ultimate goal is you want people to leave the great state of Wisconsin and say, we had a hell of a good time in Milwaukee. We don't want a situation where people can't have their dinner if it's that late at night. Two different things for me. I'm not necessarily a fan of 2 a.m. drinking time during the week, regardless if there's a convention or not. So that's my starting point. I'm willing to have the conversation about the 4 a.m. extension because I'm not a fan of it. You may disagree. That's what I want to talk about, 855-616-1620. Uh, we got a lot going on in the show today. If you listen to the show, you know we typically do that's what Steve said on Thursdays. We moved it to Friday because we had a very busy uh, day on Wednesday. So we'll need two contestants for that in the 11 o'clock hour. We have our final giveaway for the Irish tenors. Not going to tell you when I'm going to do it. Listen, got to listen to the show. We've had lots of interest in those final pair of tickets, so pay attention for that. And we are looking at a conversation a little bit later in the show as well about something that I talked with Joe and Bill about 9 o'clock hour, and this is this Marjorie Taylor Greene proposal that 34% of the country, apparently, which is shocking to me and maybe not to you, I don't know, want to have a country divided by red and blue states, which sometimes is not that easy to figure out a new version of the Civil War. I say no to that, but we'll have that conversation later as well. So right now, on the table, Governor Evers has proposed a 4 a.m. extension for legal drinking in Milwaukee and 14 surrounding counties. What do you think? We'll do that after this on WTMJ. Hey, all of you radio listeners, you know the drill. This is Max, and we're back with another joke of the week. What time do ducks wake up? 
at the crack of dawn. Back to the Steve's Graffiti Show. Man, that kid is skilled. When's his next? He's going to have an hour on the show. Maybe he's a fill-in host in the summertime when he's out from his first-grade classes on his way to second grade. He's on his way to a nice uh, trip to Arizona, I think, right now. All right, so the, the topic du jour, at least to start the 10 o'clock hour, is the issue of extending the bar hours in Milwaukee and 14 surrounding counties to 4 a.m. I say no. This is a drunk state we live in. I understand that convention goers might want to celebrate, and I would not be opposed to a private party with those folks in the zone, as they say. But somebody that's in, pick a county outside of Milwaukee County, one of those 14 counties, which extends pretty far out. Do we really think we need a 4 a.m. bar time? I don't. What say you? Let's go to Mike from Illinois. Hey, Mike. Welcome. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I am wonderful. It's Friday. Happy Friday to you and everybody else. You too, brother. Wish it was a little better weather, but hey, it should be decent for the weekend. I know this, Mike. The weather will be better in two months. <laughs> I hope not that long, but thank you. <laughs> well, that's a safe. That's a safe guess. That is a safe bet. That is a safe bet. So, anyway, uh, I think it's a horrible idea. Um, never was a bartender like you, but spent plenty of times in bars, including in Wisconsin, and most of the bad stuff happens after midnight. So now you're going to extend that by two hours, and you're going to have more drunk driving, more fights, more of everything that's bad. And I just think it's a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the call, Mike, and, and, and the, always the kind words. And Mike's one of our loyal listeners and, and on all the shows, so I appreciate that. We appreciate that at WTMJ. Um, look, if it's, if it's something that's controlled by the convention goers and their organized activities within the zone, as they say, yeah, you know, knock yourself out. I don't care. Keep them open all night. But I don't want those people driving anywhere. And I certainly don't want to use this as a venue, or that's not the right word, as a measure to extend bar hours beyond the scope of this convention anyway. The brutal reality in Wisconsin is people are killing each other with their vehicles when they get get behind the wheel and drive drunk. As much as we have zero tolerance for that, it is what it is. And OWIs exploding. I have a policy myself. I don't drink and drive. I've kept to that as, a, as an elected official. It was very important that I be that way, and it certainly as somebody who was on the air. Whether that's an example or not, you can make your own decisions on that. But at some point, this state needs a wake-up call. We don't want to be, if, if we really want to grow, we really want to be known as a state where people want to come to and live and work and play. Being the, on the most drunk list for counties, cities, states, universities is not the means to get there. That's not the path to success, solving that dilemma. So that's one. Two, as Mike said and as a lot of the texters have said, why would we allow the people who prey on people who are maybe have had a drink or two park their vehicles in and around our area, and, and they're talking about a pretty extensive area if you're, if you're involving 14 counties? Why would we want that? More work for police who are already overtaxed. More opportunity for criminals. And the sad reality is, 
Maybe somebody walks out of a bar at 1 a.m. that's not drunk. They walk out of a bar at 3.30 a.m. and they are drunk and they get in a vehicle and they, they kill somebody. Doesn't seem like a recipe for success to me. Uh, from the 920, maybe the cops can sit outside all the bars and administer OWI, increase in revenue. I've, I've talked about this before. Somebody who worked in the industry for a long time, different kinds of bars and restaurants. People who go to those places, and I, I go to those places, but I don't drink and drive. They make a calculation based not on science, an internal calculation that says, I've had a couple drinks, but I'm okay to drive. Having no real ability to determine that, unless you're blowing into something. They're guessing. And in Wisconsin, we guess too much. When the 414 won't help the reckless driving problem. No, it doesn't help any of those things. Can you tell, can't tell you how many professional conventions I've been to where folks bring their own and party in designated rooms safely? Exactly. I have zero problem with organized activities that are handled responsibly, which means extending the hours inside an area that's, that's only convention goers and providing safe transportation to wherever their hotel or lodging is. Zero problem with that. That's smart. And like we, we say a lot in, in, our, in our modern world, let's use technology to make that happen. Keep track of individuals so we know what they're up to. Uh, from the 262, will the extension turn into a decree that doesn't get rescinded or have a sunset like the removal of the, of the driver's says? I don't think the governor's proposing that. He's proposing it for the convention. I just don't like the fact that that wedge, my word, is put into this, what is already in some cases problematic to me. Weekends is different. There's a lot of folks who have to wait to eat in restaurants because they're crowded. They have to later reservation. I understand all that. I would argue 2 a.m. is excessive during the week. You can roll it back to 1 o'clock. And again, I understand this is an economic decision. That's why biased organizations like the Tavern League of Wisconsin have a different opinion on it. And we have not seen their official position on this proposal from a Democratic governor. So we don't know exactly what their proposal is. At least I haven't seen it. Uh, Gail from Wabatosa, I bet the police department is not is real happy about this, exclamation point. Did anyone consult with them to see if they have manpower to deal with this? Yeah. Did they? Doubt it. And I don't want to step over any lines because I, I don't know. I haven't asked the governor about this, but was law enforcement, whether that's county or community, consulted about this idea? Because ultimately they're the ones that have to deal with this. Uh, Steve, I am. I disagree and I'm 53. Why do you even have a cap on drinking time? I'm a second shift worker. Who? Why can't I enjoy a drink till 5 a.m.? I'm an adult like you. What sense does it make to have a cutoff time so many drunks get on the, on the road at the same time? They're all adults, get home safe at bar time or 6 in the morning. Lou from West Dallas. That's a fair point, Lou. I disagree. I would say the bars probably would have a difficult time staffing those, those hours. I don't know if the return on your investment of man or woman power to have a place open would be worth the individuals. I, I could be wrong on that. I, I don't know the... The second shift crowd, how much time they spend in bars. I'll tell you a a real-life story about that, because I used to work as a bartender close to a, a, a facility that had a second shift. 
And on the weekends, not so much during the week, but on the weekends, we were jammed after they got off. I'm talking in a small bar, 50 to 100 people would come in from that facility. So I know that's a thing. But that's why we extended those hours on the weekend. So I, I, I understand the point. I just don't agree with it. Uh, 262, the driver's test removal was because of COVID. What's the excuse now? Will the extension turn into decree? I'm not sure the two things are related, but you could make a point about, you know, if we're not even testing our drivers on basic skill levels when they're sober, is it a surprise that we have all the problems we have when they're not? 855-616-1620. We'll move on after the bottom of the hour news. Any more thoughts on the extension of the governor's proposal, 4 a.m. during the convention to drink in Wisconsin, a state that has shown the inability to handle their liquor, my words. More after this. little country for you on this Friday. I, I did during the break was looking up some of the numbers and, and for the last full decade we are one of the we have one of the highest rates of drunk driving in the country. And in many cases, these are preventable things. There's nobody telling you you have to go out and drive when you're drunk. We've had outreach, we've had programs, zero deaths in Wisconsin, all of these things. And yet with the stubbornness of the drinking culture, the alcohol culture in this state says, no, we don't care. That's one of the reasons why I don't think extending, for whatever reason the governor wants to do this, the drinking hours, closing time 4 a.m. for Milwaukee and 14 other counties, I think it's a bad idea. And I, I understand the reasoning, and I have zero problem with inside the zone for the Republican National Convention, if there are organized parties, private parties, as long as transportation to and from those places is handled appropriately and safely. Now, maybe that's a strict position. I drink. I admitted at the beginning of this, but I also don't drink and drive, and I think we have to start having these conversations, and I don't think it's a good idea to extend something that we have not shown the ability to handle with a 2 a.m. cutoff or 2.30 on the weekends. Just my take. Our time here at WTMJ's 1030 from our breaking news center, Eric Bilstead. Thank you, sir. We are following breaking news this morning. A disgraced former lawyer in South Carolina will spend the rest of his life in prison. 54-year-old Alec Murdoch again denied twice to South Carolina Circuit Court Judge Clifton Newman. He killed his wife and 22-year-old son. I respect this court, but I'm innocent. I would never, under any circumstances, hurt my wife Maggie. And I would never, under any circumstances, hurt my son, Paul. And it might not have been you. It might have been the monster you become when you take 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 opioid pills. Maybe you become another person. The disbarred lawyer was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Jim Crisilla, CBS News. Time now for news about your money and the WDTMJ Annex Wealth Management Market Update. 
Looking at the numbers for your Friday morning, looking good at the moment. The Dow up 173 to 33,177. The Nasdaq is up 128 to 11,590. And the S&P is up 35 to 40,16. Annex Wealth Management know the difference. WDTMJ Time Saver Traffic, 94 eastbound, Highway 16, through the Zoo Interchange into the Marquette. Is smooth sailing all the way in. That's going to be a 17-minute trip. 4145 southbound Highway Q to the zoo. No problem there. It's 15. 43 southbound looking good from Brown Deer Road into the heart of the city. Should be a typical trip in about 12 minutes. 94 northbound. Also A-OK at the moment. There is a crash on the on-ramp from 9th and Mineral there to 94 northbound in that stretch there. But it shouldn't affect the road or the drive-in from that area. The WTMJ five-day forecast for the day today. Still a chance for some light snow. This would be mainly to the south along the state line. A couple of inches, maybe a high of 37. For tonight, cloudy, a low of 29. Saturday, partly sunny. Chance for a flurry, a high of 45. Sunday, sunny with rain possible later on in the day, a high of 43. Monday, chance for showers, cloudy, a high of 50. Tuesday, partly sunny and a high of 40 degrees. Right now in Milwaukee, 38 I'm Eric Bilstead, signing on Limited, WTMJ News Time, 1032. All right, coming up next, personal breaking news. We finally, at our house, cut the cord. What that was like, and on your thoughts after this at WTMJ. Welcome to our Everyday Health Feature, sponsored by the Frederick and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. At some point in our lives, many of us need to take medications for various health conditions. Pharmacy professionals help people understand their medications so they can take them safely and effectively. Frederick Pharmacy provides many options for patients to get their medications when and where they need them. Here to tell us more about Frederick Pharmacy Services is Dale Driz, Executive Director for Frederick Health Pharmacy Solutions. Dale, first of all, Thanks for being with us today. Do freighter pharmacies also offer over-the-counter medications? Absolutely. When you pick up your prescriptions at our pharmacies or have them delivered to your home, you can also purchase over-the-counter medications you may need, like pain meds, diabetic testing supplies, and many others. And our prices are often lower than many other pharmacies in the area. We make it convenient by offering free curbside pickup, drive-through access, and home delivery when accompanied by a prescription. What other services does Frederick Pharmacy offer? Our pharmacy team offers a lot of personalized and specialty services above and beyond what we just talked about with the medication delivery. For example, we have a comprehensive specialty pharmacy program that manages complex medications and health conditions through the support of our board-certified specialty pharmacists, our amazing pharmacy technicians, and patient financial assistance agents that help navigate the insurance intricacies and help reduce the cost of your medications. We also offer home infusion therapy team that comprise the pharmacists, nurses, and pharmacy technicians that will arrange for you to receive home infusion therapy from the comfort of your home or in one of our two conveniently located home infusion suites. And of course, if you're as busy as many of us are these days, you might like to have your prescriptions delivered right to your front door. Freighter Pharmacy offers home delivery and is available for many prescriptions, and it's free of charge. Dale, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Find out more about Freighter Pharmacy locations and services by visiting freighter.com slash pharmacy. Now, more of the Steve Scafidi Show on WTMJ. I can let this play a while. I'm in that kind of mood. I got a whole afternoon with nothing. Nothing to do! Probably take a walk. What's the weather out? Is it nice? What's the temperature out there? 
I have no idea. I never pay attention to the weather forecast. I know they just they do them literally like two feet away from me. I have no idea what the weather is. I got stuff to do here. I'm busy. That's because they talk about it so much. You just tune it out. Yeah, I tune it out. Producer Brandon working the uh, board today. Is that simplistic for me to say working the board? I mean, you do a lot more. That's than about that. right. Yeah, I mean, you do a lot more than that, though. Eh, not really. So. Do you have a t-shirt that says Big Time Sports Guy now at home? Or do I don't. I was no. waiting for the coffee mug from Kathy. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get it. You know, that. she's listening. <laughs> what do you want it to say on it? Big Time Sports Guy. Big Time Sports Guy. Okay, we'll make that happen. I got to get Katie, uh, Katie's. Carol's Radio Legend one done, too. <laughs> radio Legend Carol Kane joins me on Mondays here on WTMJ. All right, so I, I, I had some personal news. What is it you say if you didn't hear my great tease during the news there? We cut the cord after, like, I don't know, 40 years of having cable and U-verse. Is that the sounder? Give me the sounder. Full effect. That's breaking news. Scafidi family moves from U-verse to YouTube TV. I am a big fan, by the way, of YouTube TV. So you may ask, why, why did this come about? So if you follow the show, you know, I was in like day 500 now, over 500 of a war against TV and Internet service providers. And not to be, not to belittle or demean UVerse, but um, paying a lot for average service. Let's put it that way. That's the nicest way I could say. And internet speed that wasn't that great. So I shifted. We shifted this week. Went to T-Mobile. Just not not advertising for them. That's what we did. And and internet speed way up, dependable quality. And we we cut the cord from UVerse TV. Let me just give you a real-life example of why that matters. As far as the channels that I get, almost the same. As a matter of fact, there's some that I wanted to, to watch that I now I didn't have with Uverse that I have now on, on uh, you, uh, YouTube TV. So that's a good thing. Picture quality, fantastic. Dependability, so far so good. Uh, it's a little trickier than like you know just punching in a number for Uverse CNN's uh, 1202 and all the news channels. That's a little trickier because you have a, a different kind of a guy, different kind of platform. All learnable, all doable. But the cost of TV, and this is after I bargained down three straight years, but my current cost for TV, which I don't know what you have, I had kind of an average service with, uh, I think HBO was thrown in because of my constant calls about service. So I wasn't even paying for that. $152, I believe. After bargaining down for just TV, my cost for YouTube TV, which again, except for some of the local stuff, we have local channels, but we don't have all the sports stuff. I can listen on the radio. Or if MLB gets their act together, we'll have more opportunities to watch the Brewers and other teams, which sounds like what's going to happen with the NFL, with YouTube and other some other platforms. Cost on YouTube TV, less than $55. Now, I don't know how you budget, but if I can save nearly a hundred dollars a month, do the math times twelve, twelve hundred dollars roughly. No brainer. Would you like to have twelve hundred dollars if somebody handed it to you? I'd take it. It was an easy call. And here's my overall point. I'm not going to belabor this point because you know some of it is just me talking about me. But I think the value of this is one: you have choices. Two. And I've said this before in my war on the TV and Internet service providers. If you're not calling at least every six months and saying, what are you, you going to do on my, on my bill? We're letting them get away with murder. 
They're killing people. Charging them for stuff that's crazy. You know, even in the in the old world of being cord-connected, charges for DVR, charges for cable boxes, or whatever device you have in your home, you don't have that with the digital platforms. And matter of fact, looking at all, we removed all the equipment last night, the area that all that equipment sat in is now nice and clean. No wires. That's a good thing. But I'll say to you, as, as, as one consumer to a bunch of consumers, this is the moment. You have power. And if you're not calling every six months saying, what are you going to do about my bill? I want to pay less and I want better service, then we're letting them off the hook. Some are better than others. And I'm not picking on one or picking on another. I'm telling you what I did. But if somebody hands me 1200 bucks every year, for the rest of my time on the planets, talking about one bill of all the bills we have to pay for, sign me up. If you want to weigh in, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. Love to hear from you. We'll do that after this. Chatting briefly about my decision finally to cut the cord. Now, it was not an easy decision. Somebody asked about DVR. You have... You have the same opportunities on YouTube TV. It's a different way to do it. But, yeah, you can record programs and all the you know, basic things you do with your standard cable devices. It's just different. And, you know, under part of it is like a learning curve. My wife and I were talking about this last night. We have to figure out how to use it properly. And, matter of fact, both of our daughters have had this for a long time. And we actually told them something they didn't know about how YouTube works. So I mean, there's for everybody that's involved, there's always some opportunity for learning. I'm just going to tell you, again, only a, a few days into this, picture quality outstanding, reliable service, faster high speed through T-Mobile, as I said, but I'm not advocating for T-Mobile. You do, do whatever you want. I'm just telling you my service is faster. And the other kind of a blessing is for those who – look at the aesthetics of their home or their living space, you can go from wires, devices, the power strips, to literally one plug in the wall for your TV, Which, if it's a smart TV. That's kind of amazing to me. And that, that's one of the reasons that uh, for us, it was good. And maybe not for you. Remember, it makes your own decision. For us, it was time. And again, 1200 bucks. I'll sign up for that every day of the week. All right, I want to uh, switch gears here. Sort of related because it's talking about technology. And it has to do with TikTok. Now, full disclosure, I'm not on TikTok, but I know a heck of a lot of people who are. And I certainly have talked about the platform before. Well, they are now doing something I think that is long overdue. Now, there's been lots of conversation in Congress, White House, the administration, about Potential ban of TikTok. We know that in many places, I believe in Wisconsin as well, it's now banned on government devices. Good thing. You know, the connection of the media company that owns TikTok to China, always concerning when everything, when anything is tied to that country, given where we're at with technology and the state of the world right now, especially with hints that China may be set to provide weapons to Russia in their war against Ukraine. But set that part aside. TikTok, and on their own they're doing this, is proposing to restrict uh, screen time for teens. 
Major changes for those under 18 users. One hour daily screen time limit. Going to be coming here in the, in the next couple of weeks. And I'll say, again, not a fan of TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but I certainly know about it. Bravo. And what I love about this story, just like I, the same thing, I said the same thing about businesses who, when faced with challenges with employment, raised their own starting salaries. They didn't have to be forced to do it. Well, TikTok, feeling that pressure at this moment, not required to do anything. So you know what? We're going to look at this. We're going to rein in some of the behavior of teens so they can't sit there in their bedroom or their car or wherever they're doing it, endlessly scrolling on TikTok, watching the latest funny videos or stupid videos, probably more appropriately. Now, save the text. Kids are smart. Some children, some kids will figure out how to get around it. They always do. But I love this comment from the safety head at TikTok. We believe digital experiences should bring joy and play a positive role in how people express themselves, discover ideas, and connect. Whoever wrote that for him, unless he wrote it himself, brilliance. As a former PR guy, brilliance. We're improving, continuing the conversation with, from, the, uh, from Cormac Keenan, TikTok's head of public trust and safety. We're improving our screen time tool with more custom options, introducing new default settings for teen accounts, and expanding family pairing with more parental controls. Now, for parents out there, this is going to hurt your feelings. They're doing this job because you didn't do your job. And the dangerous elements about these kinds of things when you're talking about the Internet technology and devices that in some hopefully rare cases, cyberbullying, online bullying, the back and forth between young people on these platforms has resulted in an increase in young people killing themselves and a rise of cyberbullying. All things that parents should be aware of. And they, they haven't been doing a good job. Now, as often happens, technology, technology companies, at some point realize we have a decision to make here. Because let's, not, let's be honest about it. There was this threat of a ban on a, a pretty popular platform in this country, which is TikTok, by the United States government. So a nudge in the right direction from the feds, I think, pushed the leadership of TikTok to say, this is something we should do. I would love to see the same nudge across all forms of government to nudge parents in the right direction. We don't have that now. Matter of fact, we might be working backwards on that problem. If you're the parent of a teen, if you're, if you're a fan of TikTok, amazing platform for those who use it, I've heard. What do you think about this? And save the text about Kids will work around it. Not every kid will. Some will. Nothing's perfect. Nothing's absolute. Nothing is devoid of challenges, especially when you're talking about technology, because we have hackers that can break into the U.S. defense systems. Happens. 855-616-1620. A company, a technology company, one of the largest platforms in the world saying the right thing when it comes to how young people use that platform. 
I'm a huge fan of this. What say you? After this, on WTMJ. Kind of a technology half hour cutting the cord. Scafidi family finally did that. So far, so good. I'll take twelve hundred bucks, please. Course of over the course of a year, it's actually more than that because the the uh, Wi-Fi is cheaper and faster. By the way, um, I just want to say uh, a couple words about the back and forth we have on the show. Um, the old National Bank talk and text line is always open twenty four seven three sixty five, and that's for all the shows. Anytime you have a comment, you have a question. Uh, I do my best to answer my questions. Uh, I can't speak for the other shows, but I'm sure they do as well. Producers sometimes get involved. Uh, that is 855-616-1620. And then there's my email at steve.scafidi2fs1d at wtmj.com. Uh, have gotten some fantastic emails this week. I can't possibly read them all. Just very positive stuff. And I had a conversation with um, one of my teammates yesterday, a couple of teammates, about Wednesday's program, WTMJ Conversations, which... You can probably tell I was a big fan of. Uh, it's a chance to talk to newsmakers and, and the people that really kind of make the decisions for us, our representatives, whether that's Supreme Court or Governor's Office, Assembly, local leaders, Mayor Johnson and his wife, Dominique, joined us. That's fantastic radio. And we got a lot of great feedback on that. So keep those letters, concerns, feedback, whatever, keep them coming uh, I'm happy to read them. I will, I will respond when I can. But I saw one of them got sent around the horn and uh, moving up the chain. So thanks for the uh, positive comments. Uh, a couple things about the TikTok thing. I got a great text uh, from a, I think it's a mom. Could be a dad, too. I think it's great they will limit hours on TikTok as I sit here working from home. And my daughter's off school and has been on her phone all morning because there's her words, quote, there's nothing to do. I just said, I hear you. Nothing about parenting is easy. Let me, let me say that. I was the, I am the father of two now adult daughters. Uh, that's all hard. It's hard work. Can we be, be better at it? Absolutely. I could have been better. Luckily, I raised two daughters with my wife, Kathy, and they've had great, successful lives as young adults and now as moms themselves. That's how it should work. But we know we're facing tremendous challenges. My only thought on technology and parenting is it, it needs to be a help, not a hindrance. And as we allow technology to consume us, which is, goes back to my earlier conversation about cutting the cord, I don't want to be that person. I set my phone down on the weekends. I don't take it with me on occasion because I want that separation. I'm connected enough during the week. And if parents can get a helping hand from a technology company, well, let's be honest, got a big push from the U.S. government saying, we may ban you. Well, that's going to scare some folks at TikTok. They're trying to do the right thing. That's the proper reaction to a threats of, of the government saying, you know what, we're not happy with this. We're concerned about your connections to the country of China in the scope of everything that's happening in the world. We're not going to allow this to continue. So I said it before, and I'll say it again. TikTok deserves credit for making this change. I'd love to see Elon Musk's Twitter also understand they have a role to play. And we're still in that early tenure of Elon Musk as owner and operator of Twitter that we don't really know what it's going to be yet. He's made some mistakes. He's admitted some mistakes. He's also done, done some things that are improvements. Still too early to tell. The role of social media in our culture, in our lives, in our parenting, in our personal responsibility has taken far too much of what makes us individually amazing creatures, right? It's consuming too much of that. 
how you use the technology, how you understand its role in your life so that it doesn't control you, you control it. That's the big question. Maybe this is part of the solution. All right, I need two callers. After the break here, we are going to do something called, that's what Steve said. Now, don't be shocked because we typically do it on Thursday. We had a busy day Wednesday. Everything got pushed back. We're doing it after the top of the hour, hour news with Connie Weber. So I need two callers to 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line, to play That's What Steve Said, five questions that could change your life, if changing your life means a $30 gift card from the Mineshaft Restaurant in beautiful downtown Hartford. For me, it might. It's amazing pizza, by the way. Amazing pizza. That's up for grabs. The questions are difficult. If you listen to the show, you know what the answers are. Five questions that could change your life. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. The news with Connie Weber is up next on WTMJ. Breaking down the biggest story. You've got to punish them. Even if it's your own party, sometimes you've got to say, this makes no sense. Talking about what really matters. There's way too many hot takes. We need less hot takes. Have a smart take. How about that? And bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. People who call the show, they get to say what they say. Now, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Here's Steve Scafidi. Indeed, he is here. I am here. I am Steve, and you are you, and we are going to play a little fun game called That's What Steve Said. Now, we had some phone issues going on during the break, so Judy from Franklin, you're in, but I need somebody else to call 855-616-1620. So while we're doing all that machinations, all that behind-the-scenes work, 855-616-1620, chance to win a $30 gift card to the Mineshaft restaurant, by the way, which their food's fantastic. Um... So we'll meet Judy from Fra- let's bring Judy from Franklin in here. He was, there, there's another call. All right, Judy from Franklin. Tell us about Judy from Franklin. Well, I'm glad for Lent Friday fish fries again. How about that? Do you have a favorite place you, you go wait. to? Yeah, up in Sheboygan. Oh, Sheboygan, nice. All right, so um, Judy, hang on the line. We got Bob from Waukesha. Everybody knows Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey. Hi, Steve. How are you? That's good. We we lost like 10 phone calls just because of a little glitch there, but I'm glad you are here for us. Um, give us the condensed version of the Bob story from Waukesha. Okay, father of eight, grandfather of 14, great-grandfather of one, retired policeman, retired from Harley Davidson. Are we good? We are wonderful on this Friday. All right, Judy and Bob. Let's let's formally launch this week's edition of That's What Steve Said. It's time to talk about the topics that were big. That's what she said. Ha! I don't get it. It's time to talk about the topics that were hard. That's what she said. Or he said. It's time to talk about the topics that had us saying... That's what she said. It's time for... Th- That's what she said. <laughs> no, it's time for That's What Steve Said. Let's just say it. To lighten the tension when things sort of get hard. All right, folks. We have Judy from Franklin, Bob from Waukesha. Five questions that could change your life. Up for grabs, a $30 gift card from the Mineshaft Restaurant in beautiful downtown Hartford. All right, so I'm going to give you five questions. Each question, Judy and Bob, has has three potential answers. Only one is correct. Do you both understand the rules of the game? I do. Yes, sir. All right. 
Startled me with that music. Question number one for Judy and Bob. Judy's first. Voters in Chicago this week tossed Mayor Lori Lightfoot out in Tuesday's primary election. What did I say was the reason for her dismissal? A. Are you living in an alternate universe? This was about crime. B. Ultimately, voters just didn't like the way she led the city. Or C. Chicago's bleeding money. She had no clue how to fix that. Judy, what is the right answer? A. Judy says A. Bob, what say you? Number Judy, Steve A. All right. Smarts, loyal listeners, here's what I said. But what I'm excited about, and I saw somebody arguing against my what I'm going to say last night on, I think it was CNN or it might have been Fox, that this is somehow not a message about crime. Are you living in an alternate universe? This was about crime. All right, both Judy and Bob off to a 1-0 start. Question number two, Bob, you are first. This one has to do with this incredible lunar event, cosmic event that happened this week. Caused some people to panic. They were calling 911 or promoting alien conspiracy theories on social media. What was my smart take on this latest public panic attack? A, I think we've reached the point where half the population is out of touch with reality. B, I'm not sure that most people understand the difference between the moon and the sun. Or C, look up once in a while. Look on your phone first before you start panicking. What's wrong with people? Bob, what's the right answer? A. Bob says A. Judy, what say you? I'm going to go with C. Judy says C. I think Judy's going to have a smile on her face after she hears what I said. This is a clear illustration, a clear, dynamic illustration, how so many people are walking around in their little bubbles, worried more about their fish fry, whether they're going to go for that, or their old-fashioned, or whatever it is they're plugged into, and have no idea what's happening around them. Zero idea. Look up once in a while. Get off your phone once in a while. Or in the case of the conjunction, maybe look on your phone first before you start panicking over the next door app or social media. What's wrong with people? Judy, 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 a 2-0 start. Bob, you got some work to do. Tired. All right. Question number three. Judy's first up again. This had to do with a, a comic strip, and a writer, creator of the comic strip, Scott Adams, he made some news this week with some eyebrow-raising comments about race in America. What did I say about the newspaper's decision to cancel his strip? A, the last thing they're going to do is continue to run a cartoon by someone who espouses racist beliefs. B, just a thought, but if I wrote comics for a living, I might explore a different angle than, than how I feel about someone who looks differently than me. Or C, my guess is, sadly that there's a market for what he has to say. Judy, what's the right answer? I say B. Judy says B. Bob, what what do you say? Yeah, I agree with Judy, B. Oh, this one got you both. Let's hear it. They're in tough times. The last thing they're going to do is continue to run a cartoon by someone who espouses, their term, racist beliefs. And it's always this disconnect, and people will, will fire back. He's just speaking his mind. He has a right to say it. Yes, he does. As does the newspaper have the rights, as a private company, to make a business decision. Well, that was a brilliant point. I, now that I hear it again, I'm impressed with what I was saying there. All right, enough self Respect and appreciation. All right, so this one goes to Bob first. Question number four. Judy has a 2-1 lead in the quest to win a $30 gift card from the Mineshaft restaurant. All right, gun violence, always a hot topic in America. This week, Bob, I talked about the about public safety and the Second Amendment. What did I say? Three possible answers. Only one is correct. A, 
At this point, I'm not sure any legislation, any ban, or any politician, for that matter, will do anything to stop this violence. B, we have plenty of good guys with guns. Where's the data that says we're safer? I will stand up for the Second Amendment, but I won't stand up for nonsense. Or C, until Americans understand the true scope of the problem of violence and gun violence specifically and take it seriously, nothing will change. What's the right answer, Bob, from Waukesha? Uh, I'm going to say B, Steve. Bob says B. Judy, what say you? I'm going to go with C. Judy says C. This one will make Bob happy. Let's hear it. No one should have to go to these places and expect to be killed. And if you're going to come at me with more good guys, we have plenty of good guys with guns. We have we got plenty of good guys with guns. How's that working out? Where's the data that suggests we're safer after all of this? I will stand up for the Second Amendment, but I won't stand up for nonsense. All right, folks, Judy from Franklin, Bob from Waukesha, we are tied at two, which takes us to question number five, and I, I do have a tiebreaker in mind if we need it. This one... Judy has to do with leadership and Bob. It's always a theme on my radio show. I was a former leader. I like to think I lead on the radio, but again, more self-appreciation than we probably don't need, don't have time for. This week, I had some strong thoughts about the lack of leadership among our elected officials. A, B, and C, only one is right. Judy, what's the right answer? So A, not working efficiently as a leader kills real solutions to problems, i.e. border policy or abortion or pick one. B, I could count on one hand how many really effective, smart leaders we've had in this state over the past 10 years. Or C, I wish I could say there was an easy answer to this. Oh, wait, there is. Make smarter decisions on Election Day. Judy, what is the right answer? C. Judy says C. Bob, what do you say? I'm with Judy. C. All right. We're going to have a tie. Here's what I actually said. The goal of a real leader, as I've said over and over again, two things. One, you represent everybody. That's rule number one, and it's forgotten as soon as someone takes office. I stand up for what I believe, and I stand up for the people that voted for me. That's not the job, folks. You can say it is, but that's not the job. And two, not working efficiently as a leader, local, county, states, and throw in the federal government as well, kills real solutions to problems, i.e. border policy, i.e. abortion, i.e. pick one. All right, so Judy and Bob were tied at two. I do have a tiebreaker question, and it has to do with the Milwaukee Brewers, of all things. Home of the Brewers, of course, WTMJ, so not that surprising. I'm going to ask the question. Don't Google it. And I'm going to ask you for... Now, baseball, as we know, is a long season. This one is going to be the question related to when the Brewers, listen carefully... Switch from the American League to the National League. Judy and Bob, what's your answer? You can just shout it out. When did they make that switch? 1970. Judy, what do you say? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 84. All right, the correct answer is 1998. 1970s when the, when the Seattle Pilots became the Milwaukee Brewers and they started playing. That means Judy is our big winner and the tiebreaker. Judy from Franklin, how do you feel right now? Oh, I feel good. Ready for pizza. <laughs> there we go. She's a winner of our $30 gift card from the wonderful Mind Chef restaurant. Bob from Waukesha, always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. My pleasure. Congratulations, Judy. All right, have a great weekend. Judy, hang oh, on the line. All right, Judy, hang on the line. Producer Brandon will get all your important information. That's this week's edition of That's What Steve Said. Been a busy show this morning. Thanks for taking the time to join us, wherever you find us over the air online. 
Love it. You're blowing up our podcast page. Number one podcast at WTMJ. I love that. Thanks to all of you who take the time to listen. And we, we don't just give you the whole show. We break it down by interviews, special features. Um, this week we couldn't get to Steve Rule the World because we had to do our replacement. That's what Steve said. Thanks to the folks at the Mind Shaft. And by the way, if you haven't been there, go check it out. Amazing restaurant. You're, you've heard John talk about it on Wisconsin's Afternoon News forever. Um, it is a great experience. And thanks to the folks at Mind Shaft for being part of our fun with That's What Steve Said. So I haven't had a chance to really talk about my show poll today. And um, we talked about it briefly with the two gentlemen this morning, Bill McCaushin, Republican strategist, Joe Zapecki on the Democratic side of the aisle, on the subject of, I was going to say some people's favorite congresswoman, but not mine, Marjorie Taylor Greene, congresswoman from Georgia. Uh, and apparently the prom queen for crazy, my words. So she has been talking lately, and she's, she's anti up on this idea uh, as of late. Yesterday, I think she was talking about it. The idea of a national divorce of red and blue states. Now, on its face, mo most people like me, reasonable, rational adults in America, would say, that's crazy. What are you talking about? But I've heard people like Sean Hannity on the Fox Not News Network basically agree with her. Even with the, the concept, which this frankly blows me up from, from, from even Sean Hannity. Blows my mind of the idea that Marjorie Taylor Greene espoused that said, basically, she envisions people moving the states, new people, and until they establish themselves for five years, not voting in that state. I'm like, I don't know, maybe taxation without representation is a problem. But Sean Hannity of the Fox Not News Network agreed with her. So I did a poll today, and you guys are blowing this thing up. It's already at 300 votes. About her idea. Now, if you follow the show, and if, if you certainly if you follow the poll, which is on Twitter at 620WTMJ, or on my page at WTMJ Steve, you know, I, I try to in, interject a little snark, a little tongue-in-cheek into the poll kind of way I approach most things. So the question is this. She made news for her call for a national divorce between the red and blue states. Well, the news part of this is that a new Rasmus... Rasmussen poll suggests 34% of Americans favor the idea. Not 3%, not 4%, 34% like the idea. Worth exploring. So I asked simply, what do you think of this? So I gave you a few choices. She's cuckoo no way. Now, the poll sometimes confirms my faith in America. 80% of the respondents, which is almost 300 votes, said, yeah, that's my opinion. Let me hear more about it. 10%. Okay. I guess that's fair. What does she mean? How would it work? But the last part, the last answer that I provided, kind of nails the problem. Who's paying for all this? Their own defense system in these states or their own... Social Security system. I mean, there's no thought process, no sense of logic or common sense. It's just something you throw out there if you want to divide versus unite in our country. Now, the comments on Twitter are often revealing. And I'm going to read some of them to you, and you can weigh in as well. And that's where we're going to spend the next 10 minutes or so uh, wrapping around the news on this Marjorie Taylor Greene idea of a national divorce between red and blue states. 
And again, you can weigh in 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Jim on Twitter says, Bat, you know what, crazy. Can't disagree. Tim says, this is a terrible idea to separate red and blue states into two separate countries. Agree. Bob says, she is not stable. Totally agree, Bob. Todd says, who are these 34% of Americans that agree with her? Let me guess, the MAGA crowd. Not wrong, probably. Now, I'm not going to throw everybody in that group into this mix, because that's not fair. I don't know. But I'm guessing if we had a Venn diagram of MAGA supporters and division of red and blue states, and you looked at the crossover, which is what a Venn diagram is about, if you remember your days in high school, I bet you there'd be a big chunk of those. Maybe not 34%, maybe 20%, perhaps, 18 Um Corey Camino says, we need to call traitors traitors. 34% of poll response are pulling in the wrong direction and need to divorce their treacherous media. Tony says, once you play out the possibilities, every avenue runs into a civil war eventually. He's not wrong. Jeff says, I hope our constituents will soon realize that these statements hinder progress, worsen the divisiveness among political parties, and escalate general toxicity and arguing in society. And uh, Seanez says, Marge is the House's, House's representative for Trump. Also not wrong. What do you think? 855-616-1620. That is the old National Bank talk and text line. We'll continue that conversation after this. All right, I've been holding off on this. The final pair of the Irish tenors tickets. Yes. Got St. Pat's coming up. That non-Irish guy who gets a lot of attention on the 17th of March. Look it up, folks. That's what Google's for. I did. Full House of Standing Ovations. That's what greets the Irish tenors. That's what greets you if you're our final winner of a pair of tickets to see them at the Paps Theater on March 14th. What better way to launch into St. Patrick's Day now that you can have meat on St. Patrick's Day? What is going on in this crazy world we live in? But yes, this is the final chance. I don't even have to give the number out there already, Colin. 855-616-1620. The final pair of tickets... The Irish Tenors at the beautiful Paps Theater, March 14th. Caller number, what do we want to pick? Caller number nine today. Caller number nine to 855-616-1620. I already see we got more than that. Nice job, you. Last chance. Caller number nine, 855-616-1620. Be nice to producer Brandon. We'll continue our conversation that we started before the break about MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Madge as I call her. Should we divorce the red and blue states in this country? I say no. What do you say? 855-616-1620. Talk and text. Old National Bank. Mr. Brandon's going to give me a dirty look again because I talked during the break. Well, the buttons are right next to each other. I was yelling at myself. Sometimes I get, I get wound up on this stuff. And I tell you, MTG, or as I call her, Madge, um, she's someone to get you fired up. And somebody said, well, why do you talk about her? Because it's kind of important when a sitting U.S. Congresswoman advocates for the division of the country. You think that's important? Uh, maybe not. Yeah, the answer is yes. And as I speak, Madge is speaking to the uh, CPAC conference. So we're going to see. Uh, we're going to find out a lot about that because I uh, hear the attendance is down. Uh, I got a lot of texts on this. Um, one of the texters said, all you do is beat on Republicans. Did you listen to the show yesterday? 
I, I went after the mayor of Chicago, who's a Democrat, Lori Lightfoot. Don't, Lori, don't let the door hit you, Lightfoot. For her absolute failure in dealing with crime in the city of Chicago. Now, I haven't to this point required the full three-hour listen, but I may have to implement that plan for the rest of 2023. I haven't done it yet officially in writing, but I may have to at some point. Just kidding. All right. Doug joins us. Doug is willing to chat. Doug from the east side of Milwaukee. Hey, Doug. Good morning. Um, I, I, the concern about the, the divide here really relates to, I, I think, uh, a point where Marjorie Taylor Greene appeared in Congress with an election official not too long ago, just in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. And she showed up late, uh, and she made her little, uh, you know, statement about the election, and then she left. And all the other lawmakers stayed and did the hard work. And I like how you talk about having politicians do the work. If they stay and do the work and they think about it and they actually have a discussion, I think we could get over the divide. But if we have politicians do what she did, which is just show up late, make her statement, and then leave and not do the work that lawmakers are supposed to do, that creates a divide and that creates the problem that we're having. Dog, if I had a caller of the day and we might craft one just for you, that's the call of the day. Stay on the line. Though. I, I want to have this conversation. That's exactly why I say it. You know, people like to give me grief because I was an elected official. But one of the things I prided myself on, I came from the private sector from 28 years of experience working in business. And you learn something. You learn about leadership. I managed about 65 employees at one point. You learn something about that stuff. And I learned early on that talking is less important than the actual work being done. And you're, you absolutely nailed the conversation. You show up late, as you said. You make your, and most of the things you said were actually not true, like, the, like Donald Trump won Georgia. Not true. She can keep saying that over and over again. But you're a guy that understands, like I do, that the work matters. Why can't we get more people, Doug, to understand that important reality? That's my question for you. Well, I'm afraid it's media-driven. And I know you're part of the media, but I think you're doing the right thing here. Uh, But if we just look at the attention span of that, you know, 15-second soundbite, that's the problem. Uh, It's hard work to listen. It's hard work to really get into uh, issues. And fully understand them but but it has to be done if, if we're going to have a country that actually is productive yeah thanks for the call doug and have a great weekend as well that's one of the reasons so somebody was trying to beat me up over the fact that i had both republicans and democrats on the show wednesday well liberals and conservatives as well when you're talking about the courts let's be honest not it's not a nonpartisan race as much as they tell us it is how do you understand the other side if whatever your side is if you don't hear what the other side is saying And I know we really like these little bubbles where, in some cases, the host just says one thing over and over again, and you nod your head in agreement, you sometimes occasionally yell, yes, he's right, but you never have your little world, your little bubble popped and actually explore what's happening. Kind of like I was talking about the other day with the uh, Jupiter-Venus conjunction. Like, people are panicking in the streets. Well, if you get your news from not news networks, you're not going to know what's going on above your head most days and, frankly, inside your own head or what impacts your head most days. And I know that's hard for some people to listen to. But until we figure this out, Doug nailed it. And not just listen, actually do things based on that hard listening. We're not going to get anywhere. 
and the cheerleading aspect of politics and the um, other side sucks aspect of politics and my side is always right aspect of politics. That's old news. That should die on the vine. How soon that happens is really the same question as how soon voters, us, are willing to throw the bums out. Simple as that. After the break, the Week in Review, sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Talking about Madge, not everybody's favorite congresswoman from Georgia, or from the United States of America for that matter. Her comments about a divided nation, red state, blue state, national divorce was the word she used. Um, <laughs> 262, not every person living in a red state would want this. True. And probably vice versa. Uh, for the 262, why hasn't Marjorie Taylor Greene not been charged with treason? She's certainly upholding the Constitution when she advocates for civil war. That's Jim from Brookfield. Yeah. I said this to somebody away from the show yesterday afternoon. There are things happening in politics in the last few years that would have been grounds for disbarments if you're an attorney, expulsion from Congress, recall that just go by the waste it's like no big deal that's just her talking she's got a right to say it that anybody with a brain or common sense says are you serious and i mentioned jim tropis earlier he may be a fantastic guy to people who know him but if you advocate for the overthrow of the election and i say it again i said it before the individuals who signed on to this farce fake electors, they're going to be held to account at some point. Trust me on that one. You may think they were doing due diligence, as somebody told me, away from the show. I don't think so. And as Governor Evers strongly, and I applaud him for saying this, if he would have been aware of the fact that they were in government buildings doing this fake election scam, he would have done something about it. He found out after the fact. To me, that's criminal. Now, whether that means a civil trial, probably yes. But those people should be held accountable. Going back to MTG um, and that conversation, I don't know if she's going to be charged with treason. Who knows at some point? Nothing she does would surprise me. She has harassed her peers in Congress. She acts like a lunatic. If you get a chance and you really want to see what kind of a lunatic, watch, go Google her workout routine. Now, I understand CrossFit. I did it for a year. No reasonable person works out that way. She's going to jerk her shoulders out of their sockets. What a lunatic. Uh, A couple more before we get to the weekend review. 262, I appreciate that you have both sides in your conversations. I love Friday mornings. Appreciate it. That's, That's nice. It's what we do here. There should be more of it. And I said it earlier. I'll say it again. Some really thoughtful, nice emails and letters to the station on behalf of my show, I appreciate that. And uh, we have a lot of fun doing it, and I, and I hope you enjoy it as well. All right, uh, let's see. That's it, Steve, five minutes on Civil War. Not sure what your intent of that text was, but I will move on. But I'm, I'm cautioning folks that if you tolerate nonsense and people who advocate for the disruption of the country that is United States of America, a country that I still believe is the greatest country on this planet, by the way, 
I'm going to call you out on it. That will not change. MTG or whatever the other version of that is on the Democrat side. I will I will call you out, just like I called out Lori Lightfoot earlier in the week. All right. One of our regular Friday features, I always look forward to this, because it's the voices and the people who make the news. You heard some of them on our station on Wednesday and throughout the week, the week in review. Record-setting rainfall, tragedy strikes Greece's railways, a day full of engaging conversations, and more. It's in the Week in Review, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Get ready for this soaker. The Super Soaker 100. Expecting more than an inch of rain throughout southeast Wisconsin. Both plants are maxed out. Because of this, MMSD has started a combined sewer overflow where untreated water is released into local rivers and eventually into Lake Michigan. 2.06 inches of rain. How about that? Local sports team. Kevin Durant, let's go. You keep joining super teams to win an NBA title. How about we work out together sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team? Our feelings haven't changed about Aaron. I finished those two days with deep love and admiration. Greg, thanks, man. <laughs> you make my life scrumptious. The power within! This night belongs to the Milwaukee Panthers. Search and rescue was suspended for the night in Greece after a collision between a freight and passenger train. A deadly train collision in the night from Tuesday to Wednesday killed at least 38 people in Larissa, Greece. President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan comes before the Supreme Court this week. After months in legal limbo, President Biden's sweeping student loan forgiveness plan faces a critical week at the nation's highest court. 43 million eligible student loan borrowers anxiously waiting the court's decision. This is an abuse of the loan system. People should be held responsible for their personal economic choices. Like with all of these, we wait. We wait until June to see how this thing unfolds. You like going out late? Give me a hell yeah! You might have a shot to stay out even later at the bars. For a limited time. Oh, okay. Governor Tony Evers is reviving a proposal that would allow bars to stay open until 4 a.m. during mid-July of next year. Why do we need to be open until 4? It just allows more time for people to get drunker and drunker. Police responding to a bomb threat in downtown Milwaukee this afternoon say no explosives were found at the Milwaukee Athletic Club. This is Annex Wealth Management presents WTMJ Conversations 2023. First time in studio. We've talked a lot on the phone. Governor Tony Evers. I am meeting occasionally with the leadership. Speaker Robin Voss. We have tried to hit the reset button saying we want to find consensus. The fabulous mayor of Milwaukee, Chevy Johnson. Don't drive reckless. Should we seize cars? Yeah, we should. Peter Fagan. I have more energy and excitement than you could have (laughs) for a lifetime in like five minutes. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vitron. Can you hear me? Okay, what is happening? Uh, so we are off the air. This happens sometimes when a transmitter decides to drop itself, and uh, we're trying to figure out what to do. So in the meantime, uh, Brandon and I and you are going to have some coffee and play some cards, and uh, I'm working on a couple of things just in case. <laughs> oh, no! It's broken! Milwaukee Auto Show! Sandy is so excited to be here. <laughs> Debbie's in her element. There's cars everywhere. This is my gig. Gas station stops might be irrelevant, but EV owners do need to plan time for charging on drives over 250 to 300 miles. Brian Moody, executive editor of Kelly Blue Book. To charge it back up, it's not going to be a five-minute stop. It might be a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70-minute stop. You could be one of many Americans concerned about premature electrification. It's done. It's over now. <laughs> 
Down goes Murdoch. What a week, huh? What a week, eh? What a week. Shut it down! Let's go! Oh, mine is only a few minutes away. All right, producer Brandon, kind of a week long. What did you learn? What did you learn? Uh, I learned uh, a little bit about TikTok today and the banning of TikTok. I have uh, middle school age children who are annoyed the you-know-what out of me <laughs> with it and recording the videos in the most random places. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm behind the ban. Yeah, if that, can they deal with the one-hour-a-day restriction that apparently they're probably their not. Way? They're probably not going to be able to, but I cannot wait for it. So I learned that. I learned that... Uh, Wisconsin Badger fans, most of them agree with me. Oh yeah, you had a great take on extra points yeah. this morning. Give us give us the quick version. Yeah, so I am a big Wisconsin Badgers sports fan and the basketball program has been underachieving for the last six years. Two tournament wins after twenty seventeen, a disappointing year this year. I just think it's time to move on from head coach Greg Gard. And not everybody agrees with that. And I understand that's not a solution to all the problems, but it's a good start, and in college sports, coaching is everything, and I feel like the Wisconsin Badgers have been underperforming. Could not agree more, and I told you that this morning when I, when I heard your extra points. Sometimes a change is necessary. It, look at Marquette. Look at Marquette. Look you, at UWM. UWM. Yeah. My alma mater. <laughs> there's, there's success to be had if you do it in the right way. All right, my time is up, but he's just getting warmed up. Jeff Wagner, what you going to talk about today? Steve, thank you very much. You have a great weekend. We have got... An eclectic program coming up today. There's some wonky stuff, but bear with me. It's significant issues. We're going to talk about whether or not we want to make our own computer chips in this country and what Joe Biden is doing to make that more difficult. Biden, by the way, has just issued his first veto, and it's very revealing what it was that he decided to veto and what it means for those of you who are saving for retirement. We're going to discuss that. Um, People are using cash less and less, and the number of ATMs is declining. Is this a good thing? In Wauwatosa, there's a battle going on between people who don't want their pets killed by coyotes and people who think, well, we just have to live and let live. We're going to talk about how that should handle, be handled. We're going to discuss the story of an NFL potential prospect who went out and did something quite criminal, quite dangerous, and quite irresponsible. That doesn't mean that he's not going to necessarily get drafted high. We're going to discuss that case and talk about whether or not football teams have well, an obligation to society maybe to say enough is enough. We're going to talk about the mystery of the disappearing vacation day. Congressman Glenn Grothman, when he ran for office in 2014, said he was only going to serve a maximum of five two-year terms. He now says, well, never mind, I'm running again. Does anybody really care about the fact that he doesn't appear to be willing to term limit himself? And for those of you who know, Glenn and I, we, we went to high school. He went to Homestead. I went to Nicolet. We go back a long time. We're going to talk about whether or not it's fair to hold politicians to term limit pledges that they make a number of years ago. But we start off with the controversy Back in the news involving downtown parking, the Common Council unanimously decided to get or do away with free parking in the evenings and on Saturdays. That policy has now been put on hold because one alderman is moving to repeal the ordinance that he himself voted for. We're going to pick up that issue when we start the program. It begins right after the top of the hour news. Stick around.